welcome to The View Looks Good with me, Ander Passas, and my wonderful friend, Kim Fanikirk. So there's one thing to have the conversation we want to have on the podcast before the podcast. It's a whole <laughs> other one when you don't push record, when you think you're actually recording. So welcome Hello. We're saying hello for a second time. Yes. <laughs> hello, world. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to go back and recall how we started this, which... I loved what you were saying. It's, we've got the title of this podcast. Yes. And now we're going to create the content. Yeah, exactly. Because we very firmly were like, hmm, renegotiating identity. This is something that comes up a lot if you are exploring your nervous system. When you're very young, you probably start putting labels on yourself of who you are or other people are very kind and help you out and do it for <laughs> you. Um, what were some of the labels that you think you picked up quite young as part of your identity? Um, harmonious. Hmm. Um... As I got a bit older, I think I was a little bit of a free-spirited kid. And then I remember somebody saying, you need to take your academics seriously. And then I had a, a lovely, ambitious um, roommate. Got to label her, you know. Yeah. Got to do yeah. it. And realized I was quite competitive because <laughs> I wanted to also do as well as she did. And then I got started to get label, labeled as driven, ambitious, um, achievement-oriented, um, yeah, some of those labels started to come in. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely recognise some of those. I'd probably put a bit nicely, nicely. <laughs> a bit sickly sweet. I could probably have labelled myself as, as a bit of a kit, but definitely a goody two-shoes. Oh, yeah. That would have been a very easy label to put on. Um, Actually, yeah, it's wearing veering slightly off track but I do remember going for this interview which was to go to a leadership camp yeah and weirdly just before that I'd been thinking I think I'd watched like Aladdin and I was thinking what would I wish for what would I wish for and I came to this epiphany of oh I would wish that I am wanting for nothing and just want to be able to help people and would love that and couldn't believe it, but I got into that interview and they asked, what would you wish for? And I was like, I've got the perfect answer. <laughs> I've actually been thinking about this. And they denied me a place on the on the program because they said that my answer was to like, Miss America, you know, Miss Universe, whatever. I don't know. I'm like, but it was so genuine. So, yes, I definitely think that there was a lot. That's kind of like, yeah, you're just... It's a bit too perfect to... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I think in later years, I think people would have labelled me as a bit of a loner extrovert. I would have labelled myself also as an introvert. There's all these labels. All of them. Um, Hot-headed. Yeah. Yeah, I think my husband would have put that one on. <laughs> my family. <laughs> but, then, but then in a professional capacity, a lot less of that. Mm, sometimes you know there's so many uh, oh yeah they're thick and fast <laughs> but of course all of them relate into nervous systems so I'm absolutely hot-headed when all that extending fight-flight energy is 
pounding through things. Um, and I am definitely like a loner when the free state kicks in. So the reason we were saying we wanted to have this conversation is because you can pick up a sense of identity and really feel like that's who you are. And this is making me think about Carol Dweck's fixed mindset versus uh, growth mindset of like, can you also see that you could be other things? Mm. But, you know, when you are beginning to experiment with what it feels like to be in a ventral state, when you have moments of feeling in that safety, you're calm and alive, how you interact with people is completely different. Mm. That you can see that you don't need the labels of, well, I wouldn't be considered a hot-headed in so many different situations now that I would have done formally. And I also am way less of a loner. But I've, so I'm dropping those labels, but I'm not sure I've put new ones in, in place. And this is this idea of like, first of all, can you, can you be brave enough to renegotiate your identity in terms of you can stop being something that's really identified with your nervous system state? But then what is it to suddenly go, well, if I'm not that now, if I can, what am I? Mm -hmm. And earlier, before we pushed the record button, you used this image of a blank canvas, which I was just thinking is such a, is such a good image because to look at a blank canvas is both exciting and daunting. And that, how on earth are you going to fill this canvas? Yeah. <laughs> the time, the energy, the creativity is going to come. And then, oh, how on earth am I going to fill this canvas? Yeah. The, the creation, the everything that I can come up with. And, and something that's coming up in me is that there's also the expectation from the system, the wider system, of where we're supposed to be. And I think because I'm such a, um, like, want to do the right thing... I keep wanting to to appease the system. So I want to be that ambitious person who's got it all together and puts on that neat package because that's what the system has told me is good. Uh, I want to work on my body so that it's what the system considers good. Mm. So there's all those kind of images as well uh, that are that when it's busy enough... I can just easily fall into those ones and, and run with it and it keeps me occupied. When I'm playing in the still space and trying to, to create my own canvas, what I'm struggling with is to resist that yeah. and to, to find strength in my own image, whatever that might be. Yeah. And suddenly I have the picture of Encanto where this perfect sister who makes all those flowers suddenly creates <laughs> cactuses. And I'm like, yes, I kind of, I want to figure out like, what is my, my cactus and Strelitzia and, yeah. and Rose, you know, all mixed up in, in one. Um, and that's the renegotiating the image of yeah. like, how do I make sure, sh- not that I make sure, but how do I connect so strongly with that ventral state that the image it needs to flourish flourishes and know it comes from there yeah rather than the safety net of i'll just jump to what society says is good because at least then 
I don't know, at least then I uh, can go under the radar. Yeah. At least then I don't have to get whacked over the knuckles. Because <laughs> I can just go, but that's what society wants. It gives me a perfect excuse. Yeah. And this is what success in society wants to be seeing. It's so fascinating. You know, um, one of the things a lot of my clients say to me is, how do I remind myself to go into the ventral state? So I'm, you know, you notice the swing, but what is it I can do to keep triggering back? And actually, I really feel that at the heart of it is consciously choosing who you're going to be. Mm. Like renegotiating who I am, the that narrative of who do I tell myself that I am? We've all got that in a narrative, right? I'm a bit pants at this, I'm a bit great at this, or I feel strong at this, or I really hate doing this. Like all of that's up for renegotiation mm. if you are playing an eventual state. But that putting that language in is really alien because who says I'm balanced, I find I sit with ease with things, I find the joy in everything that comes my way, not just the good things. Like also that's a like, you know, it's a lot yeah. to sit with those opportunities in but but if we're not consciously reprogramming the coding with a different set of beliefs of how we can be. Yes. Then the old coding slips back in. So it is this conscious choice every day moment to moment, who am I going to be? Mm. Which actually also really reminds me, I was listening to a, a podcast years ago now, and I forget the name of the woman that was being interviewed, but I found her interviewer really challenging to listen to because yeah. he really wasn't getting what she was saying. And I was like, dude, she is a <laughs> genius. Everything she's sharing is, sharing is remarkable. And he was just like, but I don't really get it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I just wanted to jump in and answer, ask all the questions for him because no extending energy going on there. Um, but, but he asked us something like, how do, you, how do you stay calm in the face of everything that's going on? And her answer was, I choose kindness all the time. In any moment when I'm responding, whenever I'm doing, I choose kindness. And I remember thinking, that's how you're handling this interview. <laughs> because that's not how I'd be handling it. But but it's very much that. It's like in any moment to moment, I'm I'm choosing my ventral state. But she has, you know, beautiful language for it. Like for her, kindness was the definition of how she stayed more connected to that place. Um, but we do need to find language that redefines us consciously choosing it yeah i do love that around kindness though because I, I know when you started off about enjoying all of those things i thought ah oh, i know what it is you're considered naive if you were to do that yes i like if i the the beautiful utopia that i hopeful for our world you're just naive that's never going to happen and more recently i think uh, more recently what i've been playing with is Perhaps it's not so much that everything has to feel lovely and that you never have to experience pain or heartache or, or that. And it's not that those feelings are easy or light feelings, but the kindness of just of embracing it, the kindness of going, okay, this is my life lesson for now. This is 
information. This is going to open up a whole different world for me. This is a gift. And so I've been given this gift. How do I explore it, get curious about it, and in that way enjoy it? Not enjoy it like you would enjoy perhaps having a dinner party with your friends, which is all last, but but enjoy it because it is going to help you discover something amazing about yourself, yeah. your society, the world, the universe. Yeah. And that, I think, is what I am wanting to play with, with the stillness that I'm feeling or the variety of emotions and renegotiating from... I remember saying to my sister once, I just want to fill my house with happy things. I just, I love being happy. And she ended up buying me these emoji cushions, which I still have. <laughs> and then a few things happened in my life and I've realized, okay, perhaps I'm not always happy. But it is changing now to, yeah, okay, I love being happy and I love seeing the bright side. And that's what I want to hold on to actually is I want to see the joy and the the light that every situation mm. Because it's possible. Yeah. And and that is the only way to access your ventral state. And the wisdom, the level of creativity, the ability to see the systems, just because your brain is wired up fully when you are in that place of able to be relaxed with it. So we can't be making, we can't achieve the success we want. We, we can't make the progress we want to make if we're constantly operating from these stress state mindsets. Mm -hmm. So yes, it has been labeled naive. That is, you're completely right. Yeah, you know, you're Mm -hmm. like living on some kind of like cloud cuckoo if you think that's reality. And it's not, it's that by taking the focus to those elements that absolutely do exist in all of those situations, you just got to find them you are putting yourself in a place where you can achieve more. Mm. And achieve more is different to what I think we know. I think that's the other Mm. renegotiating that I'm noticing happening because I would always think achievement is linked with your status in society, your bank balance, and maybe it will, but maybe it won't. An image that kind of shocked me recently was watching Boris Johnson's trial and you looked at all the people around that room None of them actually looked healthy. I don't looking at them with a different lens on. I was like, they're technically some of the most successful people in society. I'm sure all of their families are massively impressed with what they've achieved. But I look at them and I kind of wonder how successful are they really for themselves? Yeah. If they were working from a place of ventral... Oh my God, please, can we renegotiate that identity of success? That you have to be burnt out... And basically on the brink of a breakdown in order to be successful. Yeah. We need to renegotiate that. Totally. That is not the definition of success I want anymore. No. Yeah. I, I just, I, it must change. But it, that's, again, I notice, oh, got to go to the system. Oh, my goodness. I don't have enough. I don't know. Something. Uh, I, I don't want to tell the person about what I'm doing in case they judge me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a brave new, I think it's a very brave new space to have to negotiate. Um, And it's finding language that suits you and fits you. And yeah, being brave enough to say, this is my approach to things. This is how we're tackling this. Um, 
It's a it's a beautifully fascinating space. <laughs> so um, I hope that you've appreciated thinking about what is your identity? How do you define yourself? How do others define you? And, you know, it's all up for negotiation. It, mm. If that holds you back in any way, if it keeps you stuck in your swing states of retreating or extending energy, don't stay there. It can be a conscious choice, but it takes effort mm. to rewire those definitions of who we are. And, and I noticed one of the gifts I've been given is quiet time recently. Um, and that quiet time is what's needed to give us to have the effort to, to work through it. So if you don't have it yet, and I've always wondered, people have made time for mindfulness, which has always been blah, blah, blah. But actually, <laughs> made time for mindfulness because I realized the power of having quiet time to really explore the complexity of the beautiful emotions and information that's in us. And that takes effort, but it's, it also is, is really rich and rewarding yeah once you've gone through it yeah I love the idea of it being like coding because if you think about a website you wouldn't have left your website in the coding from the 1990s <laughs> and yet we're doing that all the time mm. there's so much of me that's still coded from the 1980s and 90s you know noughties and it's a lot of it's due for an upgrade yeah. so yeah <laughs> update now where's <laughs> oh, no. that automate button <laughs> thanks Kim as always such a pleasure to explore a different part of myself yeah likewise see you guys soon bye everyone if you've enjoyed listening make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the next episode